Hello and welcome to episode 177 of NCP. My name is David, and with me for this episode I have Crystal. Hello. And we have a special, special guest, Pete. G'day everyone, how's it going? Why is uh, he special special? Well, I've been on once, now I'm on twice. So yeah, two next specials. Time, next time I'll be special, special, special. <laughs> speedway, speedway, speedway. <laughs> a special cubed. <laughs> no, no, Pete, yeah, the pizza has been on uh, the show before, and... Uh, We'll talk about more. We'll talk more about that uh, when we get to uh, Clash of Champions and on why that is is so cool. The Pete, the Pete, <laughs> Pete the Heat. I'm being built up too much. <laughs> uh, for this episode, we have reviews. Uh, Pete's going to be doing a review of the Scarlet Gospels, and I'll be reviewing the film The Big Short. And I don't uh, have one because I'm slack. Yes, <laughs> slack. Uh, we also have our eagerly awaited Clash of Champions Grand Final. The grand final. Oh. This is a big event. This has been building for a while. It's, yeah, it? this is huge. That's a season. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been going all se- all year, yeah. So it's pretty sweet. Uh, and, well, last year. <laughs> Just before anybody jumps in with, oh, it's a new year. Uh, for this, and uh, we also have uh, our top five movie taglines, or slogans, if that's what you call them. But uh, I'm a big fan of movie taglines. I think they... Uh, they sell the film, which is what they're meant to do, obviously, but also some of them are just ridiculously hilarious. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll get to those when we get to them. Uh, but so first off, we're going to start with a review, and it's going to be Pete. And like I said, the Star- Scarlet Gospels by Clive Barker. Oh, yeah, look, this was this was a book I didn't realise was was coming out, because I've gotten used to the idea that Clive Barker just doesn't put out books anymore. Mm. And I'm a big fan, and then I'd, I'd actually looked when I was shopping for things on Book Depository and saw... There was a book. It was like, <gasps> so, I, so I ordered it, and uh, then it came in the mail, and it's so thin. Yeah. And I thought, uh oh. And this sort of started the idea of uh oh, as I started reading the book, because you look on his website, and he's done interviews and that kind of stuff, and he talks about how he's had thousands of pages of things he's been working on. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, a huge Clive Barker fan, but he doesn't seem to be able to finish things off. So if you know the Great and Secret Show trilogy, not finished. Yeah. Um, really? Not finished not, yet? No, not, not finished. You're um, up to book two, though, right? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, up to okay. book two and three. Yeah. And is it Everville or Galilee? Is Yeah, Galilee's yeah. supposed to be one of two, not finished. Yeah. Aberat, which I haven't read until I'm waiting for them to get finished, not finished. <laughs> and, you know, he, he said he's got thousands of pages of a Nightbreed novel, and this was supposed to be a thousand pages. And you get the book, and it's about 300 pages. Wow. And I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. And I started reading it because... It's Clive Barker, and I'm, you know every book of his I've read, I've really enjoyed. And you know about forty pages in, it's really, really good. And it's interesting. It's it's a story of um, Pinhead meeting Harry Demore. Now Harry Demore has been built up as his big character for me. It, he doesn't really mean anything. He's been in a couple of books of Blood's short stories and in one other novel. But I guess he he rose to prominence by being in the film Lord of Illusions, which mm. is flawed but good. And you know why isn't this released on Blu-ray or sort yeah, of as Scott Bakula's character? Yeah, that's right, yeah. as Scott Bakula's character. And, yeah. and this was sort of this is tagged as the big meeting between Pinhead and Harry Demore, as Pinhead's going to try and I don't know do something that he he hasn't done before. And as you're reading the book, it starts off really well, Clive Barker style. Um, Pinhead is seen many a group of magicians, and he starts killing them all Pinhead style with the hooks. And you know right right away from the start, Clive Barker he, he hooks you in with that. Oh, sorry, bad pun. <laughs> with, um, with you know the very visceral descriptive writing yeah um it's it's really violent and gory you know this is marketed as clive barker's return to horror and he he comes out at the stops right away and it's really grotesque and really gory and it's that's just fantastic and then the book suddenly changes and about 40 pages in he starts trying to tell the plot and this is really unusual for a clive barker 
book, it's really, really plain. Right. And I'm used to reading Clive Barker stuff, and just imagination leaps off the page, whether it's a Magicka or um, Great and Secret Show, or even his first novel, Damnation Game. It's just jam-packed with ideas. Yeah. And this book just isn't. It becomes a very, very plain book, and almost to the point of being like a young adult kind of book. There's this hardly any description. Things just happen in a sequence. It's a lot like a story that's like, and then, and then, and then, yeah. and then. And so you're reading the story of uh, you know, Harry has to confront Pinhead and try and find out why he's killing all these magicians and what's going on, and eventually travels to hell, which is Pinhead's domain. You think, you know, this should be awesome. Yeah. And it's just very, very bland. So hell is described as just a, a, a group of buildings, and the demons in it just seem very kind of cartoony. There's there's not really much lore or all the good things that we've experienced in other Clive Barker books. And it becomes kind of jokey. And Pinhead walks around doing these very, very ordinary things. And so any kind of mystery and any kind of threat just disappears and evaporates in the book. And the book actually itself becomes boring. So um, I stopped reading about halfway through and like, surely not. Really? These bad feelings I'm having about the book. Surely not. Surely this is this is good. I'm just I just might be in a bad mood. I, I yeah. better stop reading it. And I do what I rarely did. I jumped online and had a bit of a look at some other reviews. And yeah, there's the usual people loving it, people loving it. But you know, I think on like Amazon, every third or fourth review, people are saying this is terrible. What's happened? This this book's no good. And I sort of realized, I felt like oh, it's not just me. I'll go back and I'll finish reading it off. And it doesn't get any better. This, this book's like 20% really, really good yeah. and 80% just junk. And I, I wonder whether he's had somebody come in and he's sort of slashed down the the manuscript as it originally was just to sort of tell a bit of an action story or whether this is even kind of ghost-written. Because so, the descriptions are poor, the, the way characters talk to each other is just for throwaway jokes. And there's almost no tension. And... For the for two thirds of the book, I'm just reading it just to get to the end, and there was only one other sequence I enjoyed that was quite horrific, but it was just bland. And I get to the end, and I just realised this book has sort of done nothing. It's a if anything, it's taken away from the, the the majesty and the the threat of who Pinhead is, and it just becomes he just seems like this ordinary power hungry kind of character, who really seems wasted in this book and I, I was I was absolutely shocked by this is the first time a Clive Barker book I've actually been disappointed and disappointed to the fact where I'd almost kind of sell the book second hand I didn't think much of it at all so is this, is this the one that uh, the the book that deals the details the background behind who Pinhead originally was when he was human yeah, that, it's, yeah. it's supposed to be a little bit of that but uh, it's it's actually quite poor and that's sort of that's gone over in an instant Right. You get the idea that he does have a bit of a background and, the, and how many hundreds of years he holds. And you, you kind of meet the, the order of the Cenobites and you realise it's a bit like watching that second Matrix film where suddenly you realise that, um, oh my God, I've gone blank on names. Lawrence Fishburne's character is yeah. just a cog in the wheel. He's Morpheus, not, actually, yeah. Morpheus is not a main guy. And it's a bit like with this, you just realise Pinhead is just a member of an order. Just he's being very power hungry and trying to rise his station. But there's all these other sort of like the lords of hell that he's kind of answerable to. So... It takes away even the the respect you kind of have for him as a character in in the other works, thinking that he's actually a major. To meet with Pinnerhead's a big deal. He's just a cog in a machine, sort of now trying to rise above his station. So it, it's one of those things you read it and it takes away <laughs> so much of what I enjoyed about the character before. So I I, it's, I wonder it's an whether anti book. It's it, a bit of an anti book, yeah. <laughs> and it's the first time I've really been shocked that I, I haven't thought much of Clyde Barker as a writer because. As I said, I've been a huge fan, and he's he's written young adult stuff before. Like The Thief of Always is one of my favourite books of his. 
Um, I haven't read the Aberat ones, which are other young adult ones, but that's because the series isn't finished, and I thought I'd wait to till that's done. But yeah, as a, as a return for Clive Barker to horror, this is this is not good, and makes me wonder, sort of, because he hasn't been writing very much recently, and he's been focusing on other things, things and there's rumours about you know parties and all the rest of it. Yeah. I wonder whether his writing days are kind of past him, or whether he has sort of wow. reached the end. This this feels ghost written for a lot of the book or it doesn't feel like him because the, the magic's gone if you yeah, know what I mean yeah. it's just one book and I don't <laughs> want to panic but when it's one book that comes out years and years after another one um, I start to wonder whether whether it's just, just an aberration or <laughs> is this where he's at now well, when the books of blood are so, are so good oh uh, they are and his, his short stories and, and the density of his work and as I said he, he, we're used to Clive Barker coming up with stuff that nobody else has done before even the way characters are described and the sort of the, the magic I guess yeah. he uses as part of his land it's, it's not there in this one and this yeah. is this is a very plain Jane and it's it's borderline incompetent <laughs> I guess it's what, a what would you give it as a rating out of five? Oh, out of five out of five look I'd, I'd probably give it a two because um, the characters like Pinhead he's, he's interesting for the first little bit of the book and there is some there is some magic to be had there yeah. but it's I don't know if you, I wouldn't read it if you have good memories of the other stuff. There's, there's nothing to be gained here, oh. and it's very sad for me to have to say <laughs> that. I got to confess, I, <laughs> I was. That's why I thought I'd do this as a review because yeah. normally I don't like to do reviews of things I don't like. But yeah. I think as a Clyde Barker fan, this is a this is a, a bit of a low blow. This one, and I feel like I've been had. Refund. Yeah, just a bit. He does have a very pretty cover, at least. Well, that's that's my (laughs) reason why I want to sort of maybe keep it because it does look like a Clive Barker painted cover stuff. And look, I do like his artworks and and that kind of stuff. But yeah, this is a this is a not good book. And the first Clive Barker book in a long time that hasn't been released with like uh, quotes about how good it is on it. So, and I think too he changed publishers uh, to release this book. So I wonder whether. Other publishers said, no, thank you, not good enough, or yeah, assist yeah. he's looking for a better deal. So Maybe. Yeah, dis- wow. disappointed. And um, I think this is one that you're better off leaving your memories of other better stuff. Um, well don't said. Don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a shame. It's oh, such boy. a shame. It is a shame. <laughs> yeah. oh, that, okay, well, there you go. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm the hugest Clive Barker fan. Yeah, because you've said uh, before, you're not, not really... Yeah, not but, really uh, I mean, I, but I did I did like, I mean, obviously, The Books of Blood. Mm. Yeah, uh, mm. Uh, highlights of the horror genre for a reason yep. um, I did, and I actually quite like Nightbreed strangely <laughs> enough uh, but uh, yeah great sequence show and stuff like that wasn't really that big of a fan but yep. it is still very disappointing to hear even as a non-fan because yeah, he's always been like for horror a bit more literary than yeah. the other people and, and the way he writes has always been a pleasure and there's a very flat text uh, and the book feels like it was written in a rush yeah Oh, so will he turn into Clyde Barker, TM, like Virginia Andrews or something like that? Uh, or Tom Clancy? I'm curious to see what happens. It's, a, it'll be a it's, it's the show. Tom Clancy of the Clyde Barker. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's uh, move on to my review. Uh, thankfully, uh, I can straight off the bat tell you that it's, uh, it's a, bit, a lot more favourable. <laughs> uh, I'm reviewing The Big Short, uh, which is a new film coming out. Uh, well, I think it's released in Australia next week. Um, it is a it's classed as a biography drama on IMDb bit, but basically what it is is the story of the housing bubble collapse uh, in America in the mid 2000s and a group of people who predict that collapse and then uh, react to it in various ways um, it's directed by Adam McKay and I actually didn't realize, didn't know that before I saw the film so now that I know that I'm shocked <laughs> because uh 
Adam McKay is uh, the writing partner of Will Farrell and is the director of Anchorman. Anchorman, yeah. the other guys, you know, Tallahagan Knights or whatever that thing's pronounced. I mean, those things aren't good, but they're probably all better than the Skeleton. <laughs> 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 I mean, I actually quite like the other guys, funnily enough, but, yeah. uh, but, and, you know, I mean, I mean, no, no insult to the man, but not the man I would have expected to have directed this film because uh, I enjoyed this a lot. Mm. Um, it's, it is funny, it's uh, poignant, it's dramatic, and it's heartfelt. It's, it's, it's basically, it's, it's. Uh, if I could borrow the tagline from Citizen Kane, it's terrific. It's <laughs> so. Is it, is it a jump like from Piranha Two to the Terminator? It's like hey, let's, let's make this. It's, it is basically that. It is exactly what I. I'm seriously when I when I saw who directed it and I'm like, surely not. <laughs> no, really, it really is that big a jump. It's really good. Uh, it, uh, it's written. Uh, it's co-written by Adam McKay and Charles Randolph and based on uh, a book by uh, Michael Lewis. Uh, and it's co-stars and is produced by Brad Pitt, uh, but the other car- uh, the other actors are uh, Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, um, and uh, all star cast. Otherwise. Yeah, it is an all star cast. It's actually a, it's a, a reunion for uh, Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling. So they were in that um, that romantic comedy drama. Oh, you didn't know we don't watch those. <laughs> I, I can't remember what it's called. It was. I can't remember what it's called. But you I, looked at me. I don't know. I, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but uh, I enjoyed it. Um, and it's uh, and it's uh, a, it's another it's another dramatic turn for Steve Carell. And uh, I'm going to say it right now. This is Steve Carell should win the Academy Award for this film. It is so, magnificent. Sort of Foxcatcher to this, he's really getting some. Yeah, this is roles yeah there. Foxcatcher. I actually couldn't stand that film, Ooh. but his performance excellent. <laughs> right, um, and it's just. It's a progression for it is definitely a progression from his, his more serious sort of stuff. It's actually, I think it's actually it started around the film that it was in with Ryan Gosling. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the name of. Um, I, I, I have the word, I have the title "Punch Punch Drunk Love" in my head, but that's not. No, it. no, that's not that one. That's that's Adam Sandler. That's Adam Sandler. He's one yeah. good film. Yeah, yeah he's, he's one good film. Yeah, um, but because uh, it's funny how sometimes comedians then want to do the drama stuff, like Jim Carrey. Did yeah, that too, and he was very good. I, I like his dramatic stuff way more than his comedies. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Actually, I, I'm embarrassed that I can't remember this name. So, <laughs> I had crazy stupid love. Oh, there I heard the title. Yeah, <laughs> that's the title. I'm title. not in any danger of seeing it though. So. <laughs> um, I, I I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Anyway, but it's um, so it sort of starts around there where he it's, where it's a bit more. It's 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 a little bit serious, but still sort of comedic and sort of it's yeah, and like you said, Foxcatcher up to up to this here. So it's, I mean, at one point. I had tears in my eyes uh, from one particular scene. It's just he's he's absolutely magnificent. Christian Bale's good as he always is. Can you understand what he says? Yes, good. <laughs> <laughs> he's not doing the Batman voice. Although, funnily enough, his character is—I don't know if, it, if it, I mean because they're all based on real people. This really happened, right? Mm-hmm. And um, his character—I I mean, I'm not too sure whether he's autistic or something, but he has his uh, issues dealing with people. Like he's very yes. Social skills aren't he great. Has, he has no social skills of any kind. But he doesn't right? resort to American Psycho kind of stuff. No, no, no. He Let doesn't. me tell you about Huey Lewis on the news and then kill you. <laughs> he doesn't put any plastic down on the couch or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, but he's, he's a very, he's a fascinating character. Um, and uh, Ryan Gosling uh, plays his usual scumbag self, which is <laughs> pretty cool. Um, it, it, so, so you, yeah, so it is the the um, a group of like I said, this is all this all really happened, and so a group of people. Uh, uh, predict the housing bubble, and the housing bubble—it was caused by um, 
uh, I'm not going to bother trying to explain it to you because because the film explains it all. <laughs> but basically, what it is is the mortgages were based on uh, get get ratings of A, B, and C. You know, and AA, triple A, double A, A, triple B, double B, B, that sort of stuff. Um, and they were the banks were selling um, tri- uh, C level, like what they call um, just basically just junk, mm. junk mortgages, and were selling them, but branding them as triple A. That's that's probably the the most the simplest explanation I could give you. There's a lot more involved, um, but that's that's basically what it is. So you got this what what they think are AAA mortgages, but it really are just junk. And it's you know up until the the, the housing bubble it was um, it, the housing market was considered a, a sure thing in the world mm. of finance. And essentially, is the backbone safest of houses. Yeah, safe, <laughs> safest houses exactly. And is, and the housing market is essentially the backbone of of American economy. So um, when it when it burst, it was a, a major blow, but these guys predict it that it's going to happen and sort of figure it all out and so then um, capitalize on it yeah um, and they, they, they capitalize on it in, in, in various ways but they may, they essentially they bet uh, they bet against the market and they do it for different reasons so Christian Bale does it because he's just a, he's just like I said sort of like borderline, borderline autistic he just sees the numbers mm. and realizes that this is a chance to win so he's got yeah. no sort of emotional attachment. Um, Steve Carell and his group do it because Steve Carell's brother committed suicide um, earlier on, and he's just ever since then he's just been just an emotional wreck. But he's now just very strictly business, 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 business. Yep. And so he does it because he likes to believe that that the financial system in America is not as corrupt as it quite clearly is. He's very <laughs> idealistic. Yep. And he, he wants to believe. He so desperately wants to believe. But of course, he's proven right. He's the fox mother of the yeah, finance world. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and so, and so he's, he, he goes on a crusade. Hmm. Um, he's, his character's name, I think, is, is Mark, Mark Baum. Um, and uh, uh, Brad Pitt gets involved because he's... Friend- a producer. Uh, well, he's a, he's a producer, but uh, he plays an ex-banker who got out of it. Is now sort of living off the grid as much as possible. Yeah. Um, he you know, grows his own vegetables, and you know, there's, he thinks the collapse is imminent. It's the dude um, of finance. <laughs> the dude of <laughs> just all over the puns today. I don't know. Um, and uh, but he gets involved because he's friends with two very young entrepreneurs who have um, started up a sort of garage business, and they started with like twenty thousand dollars, and are now worth. Twenty million dollars, something like that. So some of sort of financial gurus. A bit like Nerd um, Culture Podcast, is it? In what way? <laughs> you just start off with little. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, we're still we're still little. <laughs> like, let me guarantee. In the world of of, of of nerd podcasts, there's sort of like Nerdist, you know, and Kevin Smith's, you know, Smogcast, and then there's us. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, there's there's a wide gap between the two. Um, one you know, can dream. Yeah, one can dream. That's right. One one day we'll reach Chris Hardwick level. Uh, anyway, so back to the, back to the thing. So they're sort of entrepreneurs, and so they also uh, they they also uh, predict it. Well, they get they, they get involved somehow, and they enlist the help of Brad Pitt's character. Um, anyway, so the reason I, I I want this win I want this film to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. I want Steve Carell to win mm-hmm. best uh, for Best Actor uh, because it takes it's a really fascinating way that it goes about doing it. Like even my very brief description of what the housing market is like bored me. Even as I was describing it, I was bored. So I can only imagine how bored my audience is right now. But what the film does is the film accepts the fact that, yes, nobody gives a shit. 
<laughs> they know it's boring as hell. And so what they do to describe it is they have breaking the fourth wall. Characters will quite often turn and talk to the camera. Like mm-hmm. the way the two young entrepreneurs get involved is they find a dossier. Um, they go for a job interview. Um, not really a job interview. They go. They they want to become stock traders. But to do that, you have to have some sort of. It's like when you go go for the bar exam. We want to be a lawyer. You have to do some something. I, I don't know the particulars, but you have to do something. <laughs> and they go to do that, but they they fail miserably. And while they're waiting, they they pick up a dossier that's on the coffee table and they start reading it. And then they're like, "Holy crap, this is real!" And, and then he, one of the characters actually turns to the ca- to the camera and says, "This is actually not how it really happened. What really happened was that a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend told us, and then we sort of worked it out." Mm. But you know, this is here for dramatic purposes, and so that happens quite often, right? Um, it, which is which is fascinating. I'm always a big fan of breaking the fourth wall. Uh, but another thing that happens is they get they basically they cut to real people playing themselves, but then explaining all the gobbledygook in sort of real world terms. So yeah. the first time they do it, they cut to Margot Robbie in a in a bubble bath. So Ryan Gosling turns to the camera and says, "I know this doesn't make sense." So here's Margot Robbie in a bu- in a bubble bath to explain it to you. And so there's Margot Robbie playing a version of herself. Yep. Yeah, and you know she's in a bubble, and you know there's no nudity or anything. You know she's drinking champagne, and she basically explains in real world terms. And then later on in the film, they got another thing that doesn't make any sense, and they said, "Okay, we know this doesn't make sense." So here's um, some dude, some finance dude, and Selena Gomez. <laughs> so they cast of Selena Gomez and this, you know, obviously quite important finance guy at uh, Las Vegas, and they explain the situation using. So it's, it's quite playful terms. on something that could be it's really very, quite drunk, Yeah, very it? playful to sort of get around the board. And mm. I found myself getting, like, into it. I was mm. like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then they say, oh, let's cut to Selena Gomez and stuff. And and, and, even, and it, plays, it even plays on the fact of who these people are because nobody knows who the guy is. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. But it's, it's Selena Gomez. Everyone knows it's Selena Gomez, <laughs> right? And so the, what the, the, the thing, I can't remember the financing they're trying to explain, but the analogy is that uh, they're playing. They're playing blackjack. And she has got. A, she's got a really good hand, and so um, the people behind that are watching think it's fairly obvious that she's going to win, and so they start placing bets yeah. on their bets, and then That's right. people place bets on their bets, and That's it basically right. just creates a big train. That it, goes. Was, it was pretty much the packaging of risk and making yes. people seem like that there was no risk in these traditionally very risky things. So they pretty much took a, a high risk home loans and repackaged them as safe. Yeah. And it was a big con. Do you understand this? Do you understand all this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool, awesome. All right, <laughs> sweet. That's good. All right, yeah. so this is good. So you actually understand... You, would, you, yeah, yeah, would, you wouldn't even have needed Selena Gomez. You would have had it figured out already. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing the film because it, it, there haven't been many self-critical uh, films about kind of what happened with that. Wolf of Wall Street's probably the closest, and I, and I haven't seen it. But it's awesome. Is it awesome? Yeah. Is it, okay, I should watch it. Cause if, the fact that he didn't win the Academy Award is an absolute disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. Does this also have something to do with uh, the Thanksgiving home loans to people with uh, no deposit? Yeah, and 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 no way of actually paying it back. That's exactly right. That's yeah. spot on. They, they touch on that as well. They, he, um, Steve Carell's character goes to a strip joint to talk to one of the clients hmm. of these. He meets these two sharks, like these two shady characters, and they and he says, "Look, I want to speak to one of your clients, right? Hmm. Because you're just scum." Like he just flies, just says, you're scum. I don't want to talk to you. And so he goes, and one of them happens. I mean, they they're in they're in Las Vegas, and so uh, one of the clients is obviously a stripper. And so he goes he goes to meet her, and and he's like, I, look, I don't understand how you don't I don't understand how you don't understand the trouble that you're in. <laughs> yeah. And then it's revealed that she actually has five houses. <laughs> you know, she's, oh, we're not just about one house. There's five houses or something. And he's just mm. like, 
<laughs> that's when he finally realizes just how bad it's all gone. Yeah. And yeah, that's exactly it. It's just people that just have no chance of paying back. Mm. And uh, like in Australia, I'm sorry, listeners, they're called the low doc loans. Mm. Yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Right, so what do you teach finance at school? Oh no, but I'm you're just, a teacher, I mean, right? Do you teach accounting? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm teaching. I have taught business management stuff before, but I did economics and stuff at uni. But I'm just interested in, oh, okay. in these kinds of things, and I've, I've read a couple of books about kind of those things, but it yeah. was pretty much the banks didn't follow their own rules for lending. Okay. And everybody got caught up in the fact that there was money to be made yeah. and you could actually then market these things, which uh, there's always a niche market for them, but suddenly they became mainstream okay. and there were very quick profits to be made so long as you could unload them as an investment to yeah. other people. Yeah. So the banks got the commission for starting the loans and getting them kicked off, but there's no way these people could ever pay. No. But you could then sell these risky products off to somebody else, and if they're poor, oh, and then you, you could start again. So, you get it all. Like, I would like, be fascinated a, to see your reaction to this film. Well, because yeah. yeah. I them. didn't understand it until oh, okay. they had the celebrities explain <laughs> it to me. My favorite, my favorite one was actually a celebrity chef guy um, who's who is basically explaining that very concept, mm. like crappy stock. That gets resold as good stock. Yeah. Um, I think I think they're really called subprime. They're called yeah, subprime, subprime yeah. was the big. Um, thing, yeah. Anyway, so. And and he's what make the most sense. He was basically like, well, I bought all this top quality fish, and I did it didn't sell on the first day, and so now it's automatically no longer fresh, like mm. by by default not fresh. So I just chuck, I just make a soup casserole thing out of it, yep. and, and then you know charge a fortune. Bizarre, we all win, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So he basically puts a whole bunch of stock together and packages them up. So anyway, so. Yeah, well, just just my excitement from hearing you say that, <laughs> that shows you just how excited this film made me. Um, but it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, I laughed, I cried, you know, I got really excited, and by the end of it, I was just flabbergasted that it allowed, not only was it allowed to happen, hmm. but the fact that there was no fallout. I love how, how it ends, it ends in a very typical way, a very, I mean, I won't ruin it for you, but I mean, I don't, it really happened, so it's yeah. not really a spoiler, but... Um, it's, it ends in a very typical Hollywood way, and I was like, "Surely not! Surely that's not actually how it happened." And then he's like, "And then he's like, ah, oh, no, actually, this is what really happened." And, and of course, there's no fallout. Mm, uh, the mm. bank, nothing happens to anybody. That's right. Um, except for one. He goes, oh, "Except for this one poor smuck." <laughs> it's like so. Out of the you know the thousands of people that are involved, one dude gets put to jail. And he basically did nothing that nobody else was. Yeah, doing. That, that sounds about um, right. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. anyway, so it's it is. I mean, I, I I'm I'm predicting it. This is this is Academy Award winning, and I can't recommend it enough. I give this. It's flawless. I give it five out of five. Oh wow, that's good. Um, it's a must see, and Steve Carell is just my hero. This is not just a, an American thing. This is a, this is a precursor to the global financial crisis. Yeah, what happened? When, yeah, so when this happened in, in mid two thousand, it actually started then affecting. Uh, not only did it affect America, but it actually started affecting Europe. Well, that's right because the banks are all interlinked around, and, yeah. and because they sold this stuff so well, overseas banks were investing doing the same in these things stuff, as well. Yeah. So yeah. Macquarie got caught out in Australia. Yeah, but very few of our banks actually invested in it. Macquarie got stung because they were yeah. the only one. But yeah, it, it just flowed on. And then when credit freezes, suddenly that affects everybody. Really. It didn't affect us anywhere near well, as bad. As no, we regulate. No, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the reason we got the ruddy money. Yeah. Right. <laughs> For our listeners, the ruddy money was uh, our government uh, when Kevin, stimulus, Kevin, stimulus. Yeah, Kevin Rudd was in charge, did, did the unthinkable and actually gave us all free money. Yeah. It was 
really strange. I mean, awesome. <laughs> Rather than the American one where they gave it to the car industry and gave it to banks. Yeah. As regular citizens, we got stimulus. We got, yeah, we actually got... And yeah. we were told to spend it. Don't put it away. Yes. Here's money. Go out spend and spend it. it in the economy. Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> it was different. I actually sense. missed out on it. I didn't get it. Because <laughs> you had to have had... You had to... Yeah, I'm getting a bit personal, but I was, I missed out. I couldn't get yep. it for, for, for various legal. Reasons. I bought comics. Yeah, I was very upset. <laughs> I put it towards air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, that's a must see. Uh, it comes out in Australia next week, um, so check it out, please. Looking forward to being surprised. <laughs> well, you won't be surprised. You don't understand it all. <laughs> awesome. So let's uh, let's move on to our clash of champions, ladies and gentlemen. It's our grand final. It's very exciting. Whoa. I'm excited. I'm, more, I'm, I'm excited for all of you, aren't I? So this is 1v1? <laughs> this, this is 1v1, this this is is... 1v1. yep. So yep. this is... Uh, so we've, we've, we've worked our way up through the ladder to get to this point. I was actually going to um, list like every fight, every round before we got to this point, but I don't think people would give a crap. So, <laughs> so we've eventually got to this point. So it's a Circuitado versus Snake, guys. Um, as is uh, tradition, I'll use uh, the um, edits from the previous episodes in order to describe their abilities. Ahsoka, who's nicknamed Snips uh, by her master, who was an Anakin, Anakin Skywalker. So she's a Togruta female teenager. Um, so, because like I said, we're, we're doing the Clone Wars version, so she's still a teenager at this point. Um, and uh, she is a trained Jedi. So she's, she, by, by the end of the show, she's pretty much on the verge of becoming a, a Jedi Knight. Uh, but during the course of the show, she is still technically a Padawan. She has uh, her own lightsaber, of course. Uh, she uses the sort of the back hand, the sort of the facing backwards style of, of uh, lightsaber combat. Her main lightsaber is she holds in a, a backhanded grip, uh, and she has another sort of it's not a lightsaber, but it's kind of it's, it's sort of similar sort of deal, like a light, smaller lightsaber blade that she uses uh, to deflect. So the the, the second one is used sort of mainly for the, sort of defensive purposes, and the, the, her main lightsaber is used for offensive purposes. Um, so she's actually she's she's really quite good. Uh, she manages to fight um, quite a lot of people in the show that have shown to be masters. Like she she duels Asajj Ventures uh, and General Grievous at one uh, and she more than holds her own. Uh, so there's the style the style of lightsaber combat that she uses is to sort of to offset her natural uh, alien agility. So she also has enhanced agility. Uh, which you know, so she's more agile than a normal human, but she also then uses her force to uh, augment that. Um, so you try and keep that in mind, and she uses that for her combat. She's not as strong as being a. a this is by no means meant to be offensive in any way, but being a teenage girl, she's not as as strong as some of her opponents are when they're full grown adults, and one of them is like a giant cyborg dude. Um, but she uses her agility um, and force enhanced gymnastic abilities in order to basically evade being hit. So she's all about the move out of the way and then dart in for an attack and then so move out of the way. So if you think about that scene in the set it with Yoda bouncing all over the place. Yeah. It's not as ridiculous as that. <laughs> it's, all that yeah, but it's a cool scene. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cool scene but let's be honest it's kind of silly. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's cool in its silliness. But it, but yeah, similar sort of deal. So she so yeah, she basically she jumps around her opponent and you know hits them in the back and hits them in the head and hits them in the leg and all that sort of stuff in order to wipe the way she fights. She's actually pretty damn cool. I love her a lot, Ahsoka. I think she's brilliant, and she also, but she also is uh, quite good in hand-to-hand combat. She also has the ability to 
I mean, of course, she has the force. I mean, that goes without saying. So she has the, the force abilities, uh, but also um, she has a, a biological ability. So the her race, are the ones that have the sort of like those head protrusions, and those things are actually uh, they're organs. They're external organs, and they you, they're sort of uh, they use sort of like a an echolocation sort of deal that's not quite accurate actually i apologize but it's it's a similar it'll give you an idea basically she can she has she has better spatial awareness than a human would have because of these sort of things so but snake eyes let me move on to snake eyes now i've actually got some stuff i've actually done some research on snake eyes because i thought the majority of listeners wouldn't really know how wrong was i right the snake eyes fan base is rabid rabid i tell you so i've got a bunch of explanations for why snake eyes should win right? it's ridiculous <laughs> right so um so snake eyes so like i say he's a ninja so he's a military ninja right he's peak human he once had a rifle aimed right at the at his back from five feet away with his arms up in the air he managed to turn around tackle the shooter before the shooter even got a shot off and before Snake Eye's knife had reached the ground. Okay, was this in the comics? This is in the comics. Is this written by Chuck Dixon? Because he's It was by Chuck Dixon! He is not a good writer at all. Chuck Dixon, I've actually got a quote from Chuck Dixon that says that Snake Eyes is the equivalent fighting ability to Batman. Now, come on! Chuck Dixon, that's all needs to be said. Chuck Dixon, that's just enough. Anyway, but every one of these examples is Chuck Dixon related. Okay, they're suspect. He once swung his sword so fast that the friction from the air made the blade burst into flame. No, oh, Chuck Dixon. <laughs> he can, That's not possible. He can summon chi. And cheese? Chi. Oh, okay. Not cheese. Cheese. Cheese eyes. <laughs> he can summon his chi into his fist so that he can punch through concrete statues as if they were made of styrofoam. He even once flipped a tank. <laughs> he was so angry that he flipped a tank which we're talking like five to ten tons, depending on what type of tank it was. Yeah. So I'm not saying he would yeah. do this during the fight. He was yeah, under but... he was under extreme duress when he okay. did that. Right. That's, so... It's it's important to point out the guy had that in brackets. Right. <laughs> he what can could, dodge. What could Ant do if he was written by Chuck Dixon? Though? Exactly. Well, Chuck Dixon he has he has been rewritten by Chuck Dixon. So. Anyway, enough Dixon hate. Let's leave the guy alone. Um, so at one, one point, Snake Eyes was in a room with five highly trained Russian soldiers. There was five highly trained Russian soldiers who were assigned to kill him, but he managed to dodge all of their machine gun fire, disappear, and then kill them all without any of them seeing him kill the others, all within the same sort of radius, right? And apparently, according to one of the comments, even if this fight lasted for a bit, which it should, um, Snake Eyes doesn't quit until he wins, even if he's on the verge of death, and even to death. Does, so, he, does he quit if he loses? <laughs> yes, I guess he does. Not when Chuck <laughs> if, Dixon's right. If he's knocked out, he essentially quit. <laughs> he didn't quit in his head, but his body gave out. <laughs> and, of course, the arena is an 1800 by 1800 feet island, which is about four city blocks of 450 feet by 450 feet. It's filled with typical city stuff, buildings, warehouses, shops, cars, etc. And it's covered by a force field reaching up 700 kilometers. In space. Into space. <laughs> Uh, no civilians are present. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Excellent. Look, I always wonder who built this arena. Uh, well, Starship. They built the city made of rock and roll. It's not they're not like Dark City or somewhere like that, are they? It is a similar sort of deal, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, it is, right. uh, it's a, a portion of a city that's being put under a dome. 
so that they can battle it out. You know something I didn't think about? It? This is the grand final, so yeah. what does the winner get? The Arena Lords built it. Yeah. You should get the, the Arena Lords. Yeah, you should get did it like a Nintendo. And a mystery prize opens up. Yeah. Got... We're going to do that. We're going to do that. Presented by Pac-Man. Waka you're strange. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, Asa- Asaka is uh, in the city. Snake Eyes is in the city. They have access to all their um, abilities and weaponry. So, Asaka has her um, lightsabers, and Snake Eyes has his Uzi and grenades and various every other thing that he's got. He's like he's got like a hundred weapons on the guy. It's ridiculous. Winner takes all. All right. What do you think's gonna happen? So it's basically the force of a couple of lightsabers against all that weaponry. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, the Force and her lightsabers versus his arsenal plus his own innate abilities. <laughs> and, and I have to say, his Chuck Dixon powers? Yeah. Okay. Dixon powers. <laughs> he's basically, I mean, he's, 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 if you get That's him, right, he's got cheese. He's got, yeah, he's got cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so he can, um, and uh, he catches, he like dodges bullets and, you know, he pushes tanks out of the way and, you know, various other stuff. He's, he's, he's inhuman. Mm. That's just how good he is. But the force and lightsabers. Yeah, and she's not human either. All right. Well, well, that's true. She's not human. I think. I think we need we need a bit of tension here. What happens as they hit the ground? Off they go. Yeah. So they they start off at opposite end of the city. Yep. And they head towards each other. Mm-hmm. Snake guys. He he's got he's got ranged weaponry. So he's got his Uzi. Yep. Um, and no millimeter. And he's yeah, <laughs> not millimeter Uzi. Um, and his pistols. Um, and you know knives and shurikens and stuff okay. like that. So. I think he uh, he knows this is all out, so I think he will bunker up somewhere. Well, that, that's what I wanted to ask before we got to. Each time they come to this venue, are they aware of the last time we were there? Or are they like memory wiped and it's like starting all over again? Oh, I don't know. We never do, they the ground, do they hit the ground knowing, I've been here before, I know what's expected, bang, off I go. I don't know. What do you think? They know their opponents. Yeah, they know their opponents. We've established that they know their opponents and all what everything their opponents and can do. And all their morals have been but are they okay, well, Then I think to be easier, they've already decided that they have to fight and they're going to make it. So, that, that, all right, let's go. Yeah, all right. I like it. We never established that. So, no, so right. do they know their environment fresh? Or because do they know that? Cause my point for before. that would be would they hit the ground running, there, there'd be that hesitation of, oh, where am I and what's going on and the person coming at me, friend or foe, mm-hmm. versus we can ditch that if it's the grand final. Yeah. They're, they're ground down, off they go. They're, they're doing their best straight away yep. without being caught by surprise. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so we'll say there's no surprise because yep. um, they're, they're aware of their opponents and all morals are stripped as well, so yep. they're willing to kill. And what they can do, which we haven't used very well, um, is they can use anything in the city. Yeah, anything in the city. So I the think force lightsabers. That's going to be your argument for the whole thing. Well, I think stains. I think Snake Eyes is going to find the nearest um, armor shop, <laughs> gun shop, because really no, there's going to be gun shops around as we've established. Yep. Um, and he's just going to bank her out, bank her down. I mean, those things are designed for to not be broken into. Yep. Um, so I reckon he'll find one of those. But they're not designed to stop a lightsaber. No, or the force. force. So. So he'll he'll at least sort of get you know snipe, pick up pick up a sniper rifle, hmm. ammo, claymores, that sort of stuff. There aren't any lightsaber shops around. No. <laughs> See, I can't help but think, probably jumping ahead, that they've got very different types of technology. I mean, the snake hmm. eye stuff. He's carrying combustible explosibles in everything he has in his ammunition, apart from his sword and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas lightsaber stuff. Different technology. Mm. You just hit on something. I don't know if you were heading that way, but 
You're saying she remote detonates his claymores? Well, she might be able to using the force. Well, or she'd to... easily do so. Yeah, because some so, of those but, things would be... But he knows that she has the force. So okay. would he be stupid enough to have the guy stuff up? That's what I think. Is I think he would collect it all yep. and then go somewhere it's else. Like, it's like getting nuts for winter. He's going... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, so he collect, he's got a big bag of, big bag of goodies. <laughs> and he goes somewhere else that. and then set it up. So claymores, bon, you know, that sort of stuff. Booby traps, that sort of stuff. I mean, it's four city blocks. He's got at least a couple of minutes. But would she be able to see that as she's coming in? Would she be aware? Well, I think the force would tell her this. That, and how... That, oh, booby trap. Yeah. How well does he understand the force? Can you understand it if you... Well, they're aware listen. of all of their abilities. So he, he understands that she has access to an energy field that gives her powers and stuff. So, yeah. So, yeah. How much does he understand just how powerful the force is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Hmm. I'm picturing Mr. Squirrel now. You <laughs> use that analogy, <laughs> Squirrel. But they're hand grenades instead of like uh, little peanuts. Okay, so look, I just, I just, I just think he would be no, he would, he would know enough not to have, leave the grenades on his person, right? I mean, okay. he's better. He's better when he has doesn't have that crap on him because he can move and because he can move better and do ninja stuff, right? That's Which right. is what he knows. Is, he knows it's eventually going to come down to that, right? He so knows it's eventually going to come down to Malay. So. He sets up all the stuff as more as distractions more than anything else. Mm. And if he gets a lucky hitting, then yeah. awesome. If he gets some shrapnel, then that's fine. But he doesn't. He doesn't. I don't think he's going to bank on it. Right. So she remote detonates all the traps. I would say so. And you know, boom, 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 boom. And then he comes out of the explosion, like cool in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. Cool <laughs> slow motion. Look back. Ah. And then... Uh, Hang on, did you just say, what's up? What's up? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> um, no, see, that guy, he wouldn't jump out of the explosion. He would actually use the distraction of the explosion to come up from behind. Ninja okay. star. Ninjas do it from behind. <laughs> Was that in Bruno? I don't know. <laughs> the fact, if I did just quote Bruno, I'm very upset about that. That's actually, it's a, it's a wow joke. Yeah, do you defend um, against the man with two doodles? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're quoting Bruno is scary. Alright, so uh, yeah, so he can't so the explode she detonates, the explosions go off. We'll say they're on a rooftop. We're on a rooftop, detonates the explosions, he comes up from behind. Now all he has is his two swords. Yep. Well see I'm assuming here, if it's coming down to a confrontation confrontation, one V one, grand final, yeah, sword versus sword. Yeah, there go his swords. Well, wait, wait. We, I did actually say uh, a couple of seconds ago that he grabbed his sniper rifle. Maybe he sets up the so he sets up the traps which she detonates. But he's actually now on another building Whoa. taking a sniper shot. Okay. All right. He's on another building taking a shot. Sure, just force senses that maybe. See, that's just how good are we talking? About? I mean, the, the Jedi aren't unstoppable, right? I mean, they actually do. They get damaged. Yeah, just ask Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, exactly. Right. So. Does the Force tell her that she's about to be sh- shot? Does the Force tell her? Yes, right? There's, I have no doubt that her senses will know that she's about to well, be shot, Isn't right? it for the good guys, the Force is more as a defensive thing? Yeah, it's more of a defensive thing. So it'd be more yeah. like... A spider sense. Yeah, it's exactly, a spider sense, right? So she's she she would at least know, but is she quick enough to avoid it or block it? Yes. Yes? Yes. All right, cool. Sweet. So he takes a shot. Then can she force Dude, choke him? I, I know nothing about the character, <laughs> she but if she's made it this far, yeah. she's not going to get picked out by that kind of... No, I thing. agree. No way. That, I agree. I think is, I mean, and I, the proof is that she has, A, the force, yeah. um, so demonstrated that ability before, and also her own innate, her own alien physio- physiology gives her kind of a sonar yep. around her, which is what helps oh, her at So, yeah, so straight off, so 
it's firmly established. She's she dodges the sniper bullet. Yep. So basically, then, ninja powers aren't going to work on her. Well, ninja powers will help when they go to Malay, but yeah, it's a bit. I mean, dodges the sniper, and then she force sleeps to the other building top. Yeah, yeah. But look, Snake Eyes is going to try. Yeah, he tried it. He's so going to give it a shot. Are we oh, <laughs> Bazing! <laughs> and uh, all right, okay, so so that building is now destroyed. She dodges the sniper shot, leaps to the other building top where he is. He draws the swords. It's on. She's got her lightsabers. One I, I, can't, I can't help but think, as, as ninja power as Snake Eyes is, he's going to come in to attack, and lightsabers are just going to cut through anything he's got to go against it. Because technology... Yes, sure. but I, I was ready for that, this. I was ready for this. He doesn't have like that stormtrooper thing from Force Awakens. No, he does. Does he, he, does he have? Does he have one of those Force Baton things? Yeah, uh, probably not. No, but he knows. He knows going ahead what's going to happen. Who he's going up against, right? Right. Now, in the comics, he's done that bullshit where he does the. He's moving the swords so fast that they actually catch fire. So yes. He knows that the lightsaber will cut through it, but if he's fast enough to make things actually combust, I mean that's ridiculous. <laughs> then he's not gonna he's not gonna try and block the lightsabers. He's just, just gonna dodge the, light, the lightsabers. So like a feint. Yeah. So he's gonna dodge being hit at all, even his swords or him, and and use the swords to actually try and attack her. Whoa. There you go. I'm giving this a bit of thought. <laughs> just off the track, I just had this bizarre engine in my head that he's gone to a toy store and gotten the toy lightsabers to fight back with. That'd be more of a Deadpool thing, I think. <laughs> that would be Deadpool. You're so right. We should have done that, goddamn. Snake Eyes doesn't break the fourth wall. Yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Snake Eyes, right? No, too serious. So yeah, so he's going all out not to be hit. Okay. So as we've proven with Chuck Dixon powers, yeah, he's virtually unhittable. Right, but not. Totally unhittable. Okay. Whereas Ahsoka has been hit before. I mean, she's not a Jedi Master. She's a Jedi Padawan. But, well, that's, if, what, that's what made me think that maybe he would close in quickly, ninja style, as he yeah. does. And she might go the attack traditional, as you do, because you got laser swords. Yeah. And there's a lightsaber. Yeah. And <laughs> he goes swish, swish, swish around and maybe nicks her a couple of times, because that's what happens in a fight. you got to yeah. keep the comic book pages going along. You can't, <laughs> can't finish in, like, two strokes. <laughs> so and good. then she sees... Oh, hang on. And then force powers come into play. Yeah, spot on. So that's how she defeated Silas. She levitated him so he couldn't use his powers. Yeah, so I think she's going to do the same thing. Exactly. It goes back to that. You're so, so if right. She, if she levitates him in the air over the edge of the building, above the street, says something cool, <laughs> have a nice trip. <laughs> what would she say? I don't, I don't know, but I, I like it. Um, actually, yeah, I think she's going to learn. For you. She's going to learn from her fight with Sila Sil because she fought Sila from her heroes. Yeah. Um, and the only way she could do it was to pin him against the wall away from her. Because could Snake Eyes be what's essentially magic? Yeah, yeah. So that's. I, I think you're totally. I think you're totally the both of you have got it. So he's, she's she fights because she's you know she's a hothead. So she so she's fighting thing. She realizes she just can't hit him. Hmm. She's just not good enough to hit him, no matter how how much she enhances her. Um, and he manages to nick her a couple of times, which pisses her off. Hmm. And then she she just gives up the ghost. It's like, right, I'm just not gonna. It's, now it's just force. That's so right. it's push, 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 push. Drops him in the Hudson, <laughs> and then you know, pin, 
But then Chuck Dixon's typewriter appears in the sky. <laughs> Chuck Dixon's typewriter appears in the sky. And he goes, no! Snake Eyes now has the force. He learns how to use the force. He learns. Because watching her do watching it. Watching her do it. I'm now, I'm, I'm now, Ray style. Yeah. I'm now picturing that Looney Tunes episode where you're bound to eat a raised Duffy Yeah, that's true. Exactly <laughs> 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 Ahsoka pins him up against the wall with the force and just throws her lightsaber at him. It says, ain't I a stinker? <laughs> a, rubber, a razor shows up out of nowhere, erases the but, lightsaber out. I must say, while Snake Eyes gets pinned or he's dying or that kind of stuff, does the classic, is he dead? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> right, I, think I think we're pretty fairly established that even though she would be bloodied and bruised, it's still. But she would respect him, but he's dead. Yeah, but he's dead. She still respects him in the morning. Do you agree? <laughs> yes. Mm. yes. So it's a soaker for the win. Soaker wins a grand final. So Bo, uh, Bo predicted. It. He said, he said uh, <laughs> as soon as we introduced the, a Jedi Knight character. That's pretty much it. <laughs> pretty much what it. So. We did do Luke versus Paul. Um, Paul Atreides. Atreides. Oh, I think it was Luke. Luke won that too. Yeah, Luke yeah. won. But that's because we did Jedi Master Luke. Oh, 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 and okay. quite, He's you know, the expanded universe Jedi Master Luke is even. And Paul Atreides was only in one film, whereas Luke's in. Three. Oh, we based on the Dune as yeah, the as yeah, the Dune yeah, novels yeah, as well. Yeah. So it was an epic oh. battle, Paul versus Luke. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, because Paul has the ability to just vocalize what he wants to happen. That's right. But Luke has the ability to just think of what he wants to happen. Oh. Um, anyway, so back to the back to our <laughs> final. Uh, so it's the Soka victory. Yeah. Yay! All right. She's, no, that's uh, not that the prize is she gets her wish. Yeah, she gets she gets a wish. So I, I have to ask. Sorry, before I even get to this, is she expanded universe or is she canon? She's canon. She clone, okay. clone Wars is, is okay. part of canon. Yeah, so she, <laughs> she's actually made a comeback in the new Clone Wars uh, show as an adult. So this, I haven't watched them. Are they worth watching? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, that's my answer. <laughs> They're aimed at. Children. They're very clearly yeah. aimed at children, but yeah. uh, you know, okay. it's, it's interesting because she's Star Wars. She's, she's Anakin's protege, so therefore she's like the protege of Darth Vader, really. Yeah, I just, I just don't really like the characters. That's really yeah, what it yeah. is. I mean, the yeah. show itself is quite competently done. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the new characters. I think Anakin in the Clone Wars I like better than Anakin in the movies. Oh, yeah, he kicks a lot of ass. It's awesome. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's victory. So, yeah, so uh, a uh, animated trophy comes down. There's uh, streamers and sparklers and stuff. She's panting... Exhausted. She gets Nixon all those morals back and freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> they switch her morals back on. What have I done? <laughs> you know what? A second wouldn't care. <laughs> She's like, well, it came down to the wire. What, can you, what do you have to do? Um, but uh, yeah, so the theory comes down, then Mystery Box comes up. It's like, you, you now have your wish. Young Pad One. <laughs> Granted. What's her wish? What would a second wish for? Be a Jedi Master. It's a new car! A new pod racer. I want to be a real boy! This is she like fighting for her people or something. She'd wish for something for her people. Oh, way to moralise on this. I take everything back I said before. She wants to do what... Yeah, okay. So she wishes to become a full Jedi Master and then go back and fight for her people. Oh. Snake Eyes wouldn't have done that. Yeah, no, Snake Eyes wouldn't again. He would be like, I want Scarlet. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a one-dimensional coach. I want to go see that. More guns. More guns. More guns. Well, that was uh, the Grand Final Clash Champions. It was epic uh, as it needed to be. Uh, it was a, a long journey here. So I hope you enjoyed it. 
and uh, and both those champions deserve to be there. Would that be correct? They they deserve. Oh yeah, to, yeah, 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 for sure. There's, they were uh, well, especially Ahsoka. But Ahsoka was a bit of a favourite, but I think she still got there on her own merit. Yeah, well, I mean, we yeah. we went in the in her previous fights. I went out of my way to try and find a way to beat her. Yep. And I think one of them came actually came. I think Sala came close until she realised exactly what she could do. Oh. Um, so yeah, so. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, I'm glad I'm glad Ahsoka won. I won tonight. I, I like Snake guys. Don't get me wrong; he's awesome. But uh, Ahsoka, my favourite. So, but it's, yeah, grand final victory to Ahsoka Tano. Uh, let us know what you think. If you uh, agree or disagree, and should she appear in episode eight? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Actually, I, I think she should. I think she would look weird in real in live action. So yeah, I don't know. I don't think Depends right. how they do it. Anyway, so uh, Matt, if you're listening, uh, let us know <laughs> what you think. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, uh, that's it for Clash of Champions. Thank you for joining us uh, for that. Uh, no worries. It was a very special uh, Clash of Champions in, in regards that uh, young Pete was actually here for the first appearance of Snake Guys in the in I had, the competition. I had to learn pretty fast as to what's going on. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool. So it's come full circle. And it wasn't even arranged that way. I actually didn't even know Whoa. right off the bat. So when uh, Pete said there was, he was cool to... Uh, he accepted the invitation to get back on the show, and I was like, "It just so happened to be this episode." Whoa. Whoa. So had Snake Eyes fought battles without me being there? Yeah, he has. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. that's all right. That's fine. I'd, but I'd expect nothing less because I was too lazy just to repeat the, all their powers. <laughs> I, I basically cut the audio from the episode that you were in that had that thing, oh, which no explained worries. the Chuck Dixon powers. Yeah. So, so I was looking. <laughs> continuity. Yeah. So you were there as a as a, as a guest voiceover. Yeah, at the very least. <laughs> Cool, that's it. Uh, oh, well, that's it for the Classic Champions. Move on to our top five. Alright, so our uh, ever popular top fives. Uh, for this one, we're doing our top five movie taglines. Um, now I didn't I didn't give it much specification to the crew, I do, <laughs> to my apologies. So it's basically just. Uh, I'm assuming they were words on the poster. Yeah, no, well, no it, well, it's obviously what a tagline is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the, the slogan that sells the film. Ooh. But um, but my top five is actually is a mixture of... Well, my, my number one tag uh, tagline is one that I actually think is brilliant. Is brilliant. Yeah. But the rest of them are just ones I think are funny. Okay. Um, so that's what I mean by I didn't define oh, which right. ones you pick. It's like, do, well, I mean, do you pick I'll, your top five terrible yeah. ones? Do you pick your top five things okay. that are actually good? That sort of stuff. I pick ones that actually made me want to see the film. Oh, there you go, I, see? And then when I've seen the film... Like, yeah. Yeah, okay. The ones that sold the film for you. I yeah. like that. That's good. I picked ones that um, are memorable. Right. Because um, uh, not all taglines are all that memorable. Yeah. Um, because the funny ones I picked, my, I did for the tagline fact or foe a few episodes back. Okay. So, so these ones of mine are memorable. Memorable. Okay, good. So well, that's three good. of us and we have three, three different philosophies behind philosophies. our Philosophies. I like it. This is good. It's worked out well. I'm glad I didn't make it uh, very specific in the show in, in the show notes. Should we guess, like when we do the top five taglines, when you read them out, should the other two of us guess? which movie they're from oh that's awesome let's make a game of it well we'll have to use Christian Vale Batman voice to be like the guy who does the <laughs> voiceovers alright we'll do first. that that's brilliant alright that's awesome alright we'll do that alright so we'll start with our special guest Pete okay so can you read out go from 5 to 1 oh my. in no particular order and just do the tagline and then We'll see if we can guess it, and then then you explain why you chose okay. it. All right. So how's sorry. that? How's that? Whoa, right. Oh, this is this this is dynamic. This yeah, is. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Trapped in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas, 
I'm E Darkness. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I was, I was, I was thinking back to the future. <laughs> Nerd. Um, so I was big, obviously a big fan of the Evil Dead movies and that kind of stuff. And I'd heard there was an Army Darkness and I'd be buying Fangoria magazine, all that kind of stuff. And then as a comics fan in the 90s, reading X-Men comics and that, suddenly these ads for Army Darkness were in every single comic. Yeah. And that was the tagline they had on it. And I just couldn't wait for it. Because it, it let you know it was going to be fun and it was going to be silly. And it was going to carry on from what you saw at the end of Evil Dead 2. Yeah, yeah. That they were actually going to do that. And, I mean, for me, Army Darkness was still went and saw it at the cinemas. I'd never laughed so hard in a movie in my life at the cinemas. <laughs> I just cacked myself. And- I, I think it's the best <laughs> of the three films. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, it's all- I'm, I'm just annoyed. And whenever they release it, it's, it's always different versions of the film. Yeah. And the one I bought on Blu-ray has even got different... Um, quips in the film so some of my favourite lines in the film aren't in this version what I know oh. so it's like alternate takes on scenes and that kind of stuff so seriously why would, you, why would you do that I know there's alternate endings yeah but this but you're had, saying there's actual this, alternate this takes this has alternate takes and alternate jokes in the film that's I, I, I couldn't believe it for example you know the scene where it, the evil him at the um, yeah. making a windmill actually <laughs> the podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. at the windmill where he shoots him and then he says I ain't that good yeah in this one, it's a completely different line. What? And it doesn't work. Oh. And so, um, anyway, so Army Parks <laughs> has got like 50 different versions that are all official. So, yeah. But that's my tagline to start off. Okay, fair enough. Cool. Crystal. Pressure's on now. We have to be able to guess them. <laughs> yeah. Mine also in no particular order. Um, and this is a really easy one to guess. And I don't think it was a tagline at the time. I think it's one of those ones that becomes a tagline. Now, after are you being defensive? Just say it. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's one of those ones that, that becomes a tagline after the movie's released and... People will just say it, so they put it, put it on the box. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I, ha- I can't do... I'm not, yeah, don't do the voice. I can't... In, in this, 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 the, the voice, voice, the voice wasn't going to work <laughs> for this one anyway, but he's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. It's, it's be, somebody's life. It's the life of Brian. <laughs> I'm Brian and so is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's one people probably like to yeah. say to each other. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's one of my favourite lines from the movie, and it, and it actually has to become a tagline on the box of the dvd and it's just, it's just one of my favorite movies and one of my all-time favorite lines ever so it had to be in my top that line. stuff will okay. be around longer than the pyramids and all that <laughs> so like i said by uh, two to five uh, ones i just think are stupid <laughs> <laughs> so uh mine is and mine's easy you'll get this in a second dark darker darko Oh, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Yeah. yeah. How dumb is that tag? I mean, it doesn't actually even tell you anything about the film. No, and I think it shows why any other thing you tried to make beyond Donnie Darko is just junk. Just rubbish. Yeah. It's it actually... It harkens... It harkens... Oh, Southland Towels is just the worst. Um, it actually it actually harkens back to a, a, an action film that I quite like from the 80s called Action Jackson. Oh, this uh, is... It starred Carl Weathers. That's not the best title. It's not a good yeah, film. No, it's, terrible. It's, it's a terrible film. But I love it. <laughs> and that actually... One of the tags in the... One of the lines in the show itself that becomes repeated quite often is... Um, it's because it's, it's about... It's about a car manufacturer guy and the, the ad for the, for the fake car in the movie is, is, is fast, faster, fastest. Yep. It's uh, just why it's, uh, I picked on it. It's like it's, it's it's like it's trying to ape that, but it's still shit. <laughs> so, My God, imagine if that was actually the inspiration for. I it. hope it is. Yeah, like the DVD special features. Well, I'd seen Action Jackson, and I thought that's a perfect. <laughs> God, I really hope that's so true. Uh, so, your next one, Pete. Okay, well, I'm going to have to do the voice again because it's that kind of a tagline. Right. Part man, part machine, all cop. 
Robo Robo Car. Car. Yes. <laughs> I felt like I should have in that one too Pud Jesus as well because it's, it's, <laughs> Robo coming out so it, it comes back to the Jesus thing so uh, yeah. but yeah like Robocop um, magnificent film and again that was advertising comics and, and see the thing there and there was a store in the city uh, when I was a teenager and that kind of stuff that sold movie postcards and so I'd buy the movie postcards and have them in my locker at school oh, and that was one of the cool. ones I had so I, that and Army of Darkness and some of my other, or two other ones I've got on my list yeah I, I'd have them so I've seen the tagline a lot and it's just for me that's just perfect for the film yeah because it's tongue in cheek but it sort of could be read as very serious at the same time so it has the same tone good. as the film yeah yeah, yeah that's a yeah. very good point yeah. Yeah. snappy <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this one kind of needs the voice, but I don't think I can do it, but I'll attempt it. I feel the need, the need for speed. Pete's got it. I'll just take my top up and get all sweaty. Top up and get all sweaty. Oh, yeah, let's just re- recreate the volleyball scene. Will you be scene. loving man? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it is, of course, Top Gun. Yes, yes it's Top Gun. Yes, yeah. it's, it's not, not one of my favourite movies. I've seen it a couple of times, but not my favourite movie. But it, it is a tagline that's stuck in my head, and it's one that, you know, just comes out in conversation every now and then. <laughs> it just comes out in conversation. Yeah, I mean, Nightclubs when you're in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay, my next one is size does matter. Oh dang it! It's I not didn't know we doing. Is it? No, because yeah. oh, I didn't. Oh, it's not Godzilla. It's Godzilla. Uh, God- I shouldn't say Godzilla, Godzilla. ninety-eight. The the Emmerich. Yeah. Travesty. How did Godzilla suddenly come out of a building? It makes no sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, so size does matter. Obviously playing on the, the you know penis size line, yes. and uh, that pretty much sums up the film. <laughs> it sums up the film. It's just it's incompetence on every level. I did like the new Godzilla. Did you, did you like it? Uh, I semi-liked it. Semi-liked it. That's good enough. No pun intended. <laughs> 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 I think every time Godzilla was on screen, it was awesome. Yeah. Everything else surrounding it, pointless. Oh, okay. Like that guy, that guy that plays the son can't act. If you're going to have Eisenberg, Heisenberg in your film, <laughs> you make sure he has a bigger role. Yep. And what is that Japanese guy doing? He does nothing. I like the honest trailer where he just stares. <laughs> yeah, he just stares. Just, <laughs> yeah. But God's are himself. Like the bit in San Francisco. He's there to say Godzilla like a Japanese person. So yeah. Oh, Godzilla. Anyway. Uh, so it should have been just a 90-minute Godzilla rampage, is what you're saying? Yeah. That'll be the Japanese one that's coming out next year, isn't it? I don't know. That looks really <laughs> sweet. He's burnt, though. Is he burnt? There's been photos of it. He's, semi- he's, he's burnt. Oh. So that could be better nuclear, nuclear power. He won't I'm be trying pleased. to say like George Bush does. Is it actually part of the, is it part of the sequence? Nuclear. So is it after God I don't know. destroy it's, all it's, monsters? It's Toho, so I'm sure it's continuity. Oh, it's so an expanded it'll be, universe. It's it'll be in continuity, then. So that yeah, means he's actually so. from the last fight. He's just it might not be any good, but... Well, that means... That's a she, then, actually. So that means she's been annihilated. As long as it doesn't have the baby Godzilla thing in, that thing's hopeless. Gazira. No, Goki. It was it. Something like that. Goes Goki or something. This is right. I teach at a school, and we we have a quiz day where I did stuff, and I did for one of my quiz sheets was Godzilla monster pictures with their names, and the kids had to guess who was it. They all got it completely wrong, but I got to show some Godzilla fights on the board while they're answering that stuff out. So I thought that was awesome. That is awesome. Nobody even got Mothra. Oh, no. Cause How I did you even get Mothra? Because I did Mothra as a caterpillar. Oh, <laughs> that's cheating, man. <laughs> that's, that's, awesome. that's cheating. Uh, so your next one? Okay. Everyone has one special thing. Is this like a, it's like a, is it a rom-com like City of Angels or something. Oh, it could be read that way. Uh, I, I had it on a t-shirt. Oh, is it? Is it Dirk Diggler? Yes, well done. Yeah, 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 there you it's, go. It's Boogie Nights. Boogie well Nights, yeah. Uh, 
Because I think this is one. I think this one really, really works because once you've seen the film, it's yeah. very, very funny. But leading into it, you'd be like, "Oh!" But then it's brilliant for the type of film that it is. And you know, it's my big dick. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he kept he kept the prosthetics. Yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> it's on his mantelpiece. Uh, that pretty much sums you up. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's good. That's good. Oh, this one's going to another. Another start again. This is going to be another easy one to get. Very easy. Was that it? No. No. Who you got to call? <laughs> not the sequel. Not the, not this new one. Are you, are you not excited? No, no it's no, Ghostbusters, no. obviously. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you not want to see the new Ghostbusters? Look, I even like Ghostbusters number two. But I, oh, come on. I have to confess, I'm, yeah, not, like I'm not that interested in... No. Yeah. I, I want to I'm see intrigued. it in action, I guess. It's, not a, it's, I'm not, a, it's not a film that really needed to be remade. I'm wary of change for changes. Well, it's not a remake. Yeah. It's continuing on. But I just... Yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I like Miss M- Melissa McCarthy and the Gilm- Gilmore Girls, but I don't know about this other stuff. <laughs> she's terrible in that movie with Sandra Bullock. Oh, no, she's all right in it. She's, her acting's fine. The movie's terrible. Yeah. What is it? Heat. Oh, my, uh, heat. Oh, jeez. Hang on, isn't that El Pacino? And... No, not no, that no, heat. Not, not that heat. heat. The other one. <laughs> all right, my, my one, yes, again, uh, it'd be pretty easy. And uh, Die Harder. Die Hard Two. That's it. Die Hard Two, and it's just, and it's just that sort of that. that I put that in there strictly because of the the classic sort of thing where a lot of taglines are. It's just, it's just err on the end. Yeah. Um, where they sort of amp the stakes, or they do again, like Poltergeist yeah. Two, for example. So Poltergeist is they're they're here, yeah, they're here and yeah. then Poltergeist Two is they're back. Yeah. Uh, and you know, or or um, you know. Yeah, some other films where it's like you know, it's like you know, it's action, 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 and then it's action, action, action again. <laughs> you know, it's like Superman two. You'll believe a man can fly again. Yeah. It's, come on, imagine, so, yeah. imagine it must be more expensive to come up with the tagline for the third film than for the second. Is you know, yeah, a couple more days in the boardroom trying to come. Up. We've used it again. What can we do next? <laughs> now you believe a man can fly. You'll believe he can do whatever he does in the film again. So it's hard, isn't it? So the third one, it's the hardest one of all. Uh, you don't believe he'll fight himself. <laughs> okay. This goes back to a postcard one, and this is one where it's actually said in the film. Ooh. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Oh, I know that one. Lots of silence on this one. Wait, be afraid. Be, be afraid. Be very afraid. Jeff Goldblum. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jurassic Park? No, it's, no. Uh, no, it's, um, it's no, uh, The Fly. Park. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> I, I don't. I know. I knew the. I knew the line. I mean, it's very familiar to me. For me, I think it works well on the poster. Like, perhaps not the most dynamic words, but the poster is quite a scary sort of hinting at what's coming at you. The idea you see the fly's leg coming out mm. of the pod and all that mm. kind of stuff. So it's a cool sort of entice you into this is going to be. And then, of course, it's one of the best body horror films ever. So I think it works mm. nicely for right. attention. Awesome. Yeah, I kept having the aliens in my head. Like, yeah. No, I, fair, fair I know enough, that's yeah. not ta- aliens' tagline. Because aliens I would is think this aliens time, is... it's war. Get over, man! It's getting over. <laughs> anyway, no, this one I picked because it's a, it, it, it it just fits the film so well, and, and it's kind of funny. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll hurl. That's Wayne's World, isn't it? That's yeah. Wayne's World. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, we're not worthy. Uh, okay, my next one. This is okay. So this is the, the the last of my ones that I just think are ridiculous. I actually think this is one of the greatest taglines ever written, and the fact that somebody got paid for this makes me laugh. Titans will clash. Oh, clash, clash of the Titans. titans. Yeah. It's ridiculous. 
Someone actually got paid to write that. It says what happens in the movie. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's very interwebs, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's it, it's clickbait level of writing. It's it? like oh my god, <laughs> click to generate a tagline. I know it is. It's, it is. It's, it's it's tagline by committee. Oh my god, it's just it's it's the worst. And uh, strangely enough, one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> it's memorable. I think it's done this job. Okay, this is the one that everybody will get. I, I think it is the best. And it was probably the first one I became aware of a tagline that actually means something for a film. This will be an instantaneous one. In space, no one can hear you scream. Ah, uh, alien. 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 That's a. I, that's brilliant. And for a horror film, in space gives the idea of the isolation. You're on your own. There's no way out. Yep. I think it's perfect. Awesome. Well, that. Well, that. I'll just. I'll, sorry, just to break the scene, but that actually wasn't my number one. Oh, yeah, it is I the greatest that. tagline ever written for a film. Yeah. It says everything it needs to say. And I, I, I know, it's, it's just it's, it's brilliant. Anything that's being serious, I mean, obviously, Titans will clash. Doesn't even didn't even bother to try. I was just like, pay me, pay my mortgage for me. It was more. It's, it's just every every tagline now tries to be that. Yeah, uh, yeah it's magnificent. So. Well, my number one uh, is <laughs> the reason I was able to guess Die Hard Two was because my number one is Die Harder. <laughs> Really? <laughs> really? That's well, awesome. Well, they were in no particular order. It just oh, happened okay. to be the one I wrote the way I wrote them. But yeah, oh, okay, yeah cool. Die Harder. Well, it sort of wow. describes uh, Rennie Harlan's film career. Yeah. How many more did he make after that? Well, uh, there was maybe one more like, Cutthroat cut, cut Island. And then, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did that. He did make one fairly recently, actually, Rennie Harlan. I can't remember what it was, though, but it was terrible. That's <laughs> 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 pretty much says as well. Oh, there you go. See, I didn't, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Cool. But it's 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 it sort of fits the film, and and it is kind of ridiculous, but not as ridiculous as Titans Will Clash. Yeah. But it kind of, and then I think it's um maybe where the inspiration where Steven Seagal gets for his movie titles. Yeah. <laughs> Half bath dead. And all that sort of well, he's the kind of guy who has to have a rapper in his film as well. Well, <laughs> that was cool. In uh, researching this, uh, it was also actually went through hundreds. I actually made a. A master list, and I had two hundred and three <laughs> taglines that I had to choose from. Ooh. Yeah, so it was. Uh, there was. Yeah, was only bummer like you had them in the email, the alien one, but it's like I would have had that in there. For sure, anyway, so. <laughs> one of my, one of my, one of my favourites was uh, which didn't quite make the cut was uh, for a film called Ape, which came out in nineteen seventy something. Not not King Kong. It, not to be confused with King, King Kong. Kong. <laughs> yeah. That was that was that was his actual slogan. That was one of my fact or foes. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't remember what I asked last time. Have you played the Alien Isolation game? Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, it's, you know, there's a there's a gaming company. Uh, there's a there's a modder that has actually uh, taken the alien out of the game. So you play the entire game without ever actually getting the payoff of the alien. Yeah, that's right. I read about that. Why, yeah. like, why would you well, do that? The, the robots are kind of cool and everything like yeah. that. But the, the alien stomping around, you hear it as yeah. it comes up. It's pretty sweet. To tackle a game alien and not have the alien. And not in have it. the alien in it is the point. Anyway, so it's uh, yeah, that's so uh, our, our top five taglines. Let us know if uh, if you have any. We'd love to hear them. I'm sure it's on my 203 master list somewhere. But they have to be from a real film. They can't be like an unpublished script that you. No, you can't just make it up. Yeah. What's the um? What's the the reason I was inspired to do this was because uh, the Point Break remake. Its tagline is uh, "Reach the breaking point." <laughs> That sounds try hard, which I'm sure the film is a bit too. <laughs> that is right up there with Titans Will Clash. Oh, the film's <laughs> terrible. Have you, have you, oh. 
So bad. I mean, the film's not, the first one's not even good. Why remake a bad one with an even worse version? See, I haven't seen The Hurt Locker because I, I haven't seen a Catherine Bigelow film that I liked, apart from Strange Days, yeah. which is deeply flawed, but good for like the first, first two thirds. Yeah. Near half. Dark, phew. early that one she'd done, I just, no. Oh, well, there you go. That's yeah, a, I know, I know, I realise. That's a whole a, different conversation. I realise it's a... You don't like me, that. Yeah, don't yeah. like me. Yeah, I like during our email exchange where you said you, you, you thought Star Wars was poop and I responded, <laughs> blasphemy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I like the ideas in Near Dark, but I, it's not a very good film. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's got some pretty bad acting. I, but it's got Lance Hendrickson in it. I know, but I thought And severe, Bill Paxton. Severely overrated. I, I like what it's trying to do. Severely overrated. I will go with that. I'll but go I, with it. I do want to see Strange Days again because I saw it twice at the cinemas. Wow. Went back in because I thought it was. There, there'd been no other film like that that was sort of. The thing, and I thought like the filming of them doing the PO. Yeah, the tagline for Strange stuff. Days is you know you want it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've got them all stuck in my head still. And Ray Fiennes, he's good. Yeah. Anyway, change topic. He's always good. <laughs> so we're varied off. Cool. That's, uh, uh, that tagline takes on a whole new meaning. You know you want it. <laughs> on a plane. Chris, Chris Gale has it on a t-shirt Does he? <laughs> no, that's a... Let's uh, finish up with Coming Soon In Australian cinemas January 14 we get Carol Oh Now I suddenly Carol. forgot what it was about Is that like a Neil Sedaka song? Um, what's her name in it from Lord of the Rings? Yes Gadriel, Galadriel Yeah yeah Cape Blanchett Cape Blanchett Falls, falls in love with some dude That's pretty much all it is okay. uh, Goosebumps Jack Black doing a Goosebumps movie. Jack Black is not funny in movies. <laughs> okay. He's only funny in songs. Really? Yeah. Not even School of Rock? Oh, I take it back. I should say he, he's so many things are bad. That's an aberration and otherwise a uh, pretty ordinary <laughs> career. Hey, that'll go with. <laughs> uh, Robinson Crusoe. So yet another remake of Robinson Crusoe. But this one's slightly different, right? This one is animated and it's told from the perspective of the animals. So the animals are living their life, and then this dude rocks up, shipwrecks on their island, oh. and they're like, who's this guy? Has he got, like, Chris Rock on it or something? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, the Big Short, as mentioned previously in my Ooh. review, five out of five. So how did, you get see to see, how did you get to see it before it came out of the cinemas? Uh, especially with the screen. Very good. Yep. Uh, latest um, alien invasion film, The Fifth Wave, with... Um, this is like a young adult novel, isn't it? Yeah, it's, young, it's based on a young adult novel. It just has Chloe, Mor- Chloe Moretz. Yep. So, uh, looks like it actually looks pretty cool. I don't mind it. Check it out. Um, and The Last Face. It's Char- Charlize Theron and Javier Bardem. So it actually could be quite good. So it might actually be good. Javier. Who's the director? Javier. Uh, directed by Sean Penn. Pretentious. <laughs> did you see that action film that he did? No. It's bad. A director of an international aid agency in Africa, as played by Char- Charlize, yeah, meets a relief aid doctor, as played by Xavier, Sean Penn. amidst a political him. social revolution, and together they face tough choices. Sean Penn has his heart in the right place. He actually goes and does charity stuff and does all the right things, but he tries a bit too hard. It does have Jean, Jean Renault in. He's always good. He is really good. Yeah. He's, he's a bit like the um, Christopher Lambert, who can actually act. <laughs> In alternate universe, Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Brilliant. There can be only one. Oh, jeez. Anyway, yeah, I, let's, let's, let's be honest, I have no interest in that film. Anyway, that's it for episode 177. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, that's it from me and the crew. Crystal. Meep, meep. <laughs> you just stole Pete's line. And Pete. Hello. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You've been listening to NCP. Thank you for being a part of our crew. 
If you would like to support the show, you can use the Amazon widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. If you have any feedback, please go to nerdculturepodcast.com forward slash contact us where you will find a list of the many different ways you can interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.